Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Okay, well I invite you to uh, take your Bibles out, if you would please, and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 12. We entered the Gospel of Luke chapter 12 last Sunday, and when we did, we discovered four life lessons that Jesus gave to his disciples, life lessons that we would do well to heed and practice in 2020. Those four life lessons in review are, number one, to avoid hypocrisy. Jesus called hypocrisy the leaven of the Pharisees, and that is something that we don't want to have any part of in our lives whatsoever. So, number one, avoid hypocrisy. Number two, he taught us to fear God's authority and power, but at the same time to have confidence in his love for us. Number three, he taught us that we are not to be ashamed of Christ, but rather we are to be a people who allow the life of Christ to be seen and experienced uh, by our friends, our family, and even our foes as they interact with us. And finally, life lesson number four was don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Instead, we are to live a life of reliance on the Spirit not denying, rejecting, and or blaspheming the Spirit. Well, as we come to today's passage, we find that it reveals a fifth life lesson. Now, as we look at it, it seems as though it wasn't intentionally thought up and prepared in advance that, and presented then by Jesus. Uh, but nonetheless, when the door of opportunity swung open, We find Jesus stepping through it and giving us a wonderful fifth life lesson nonetheless. So we're in Luke chapter 12. We're going to read verses 13 through 21. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. I invite you to follow along with me. Verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to to divide the inheritance with me. But Jesus said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And Jesus said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. Now, some of the versions will use the word greed. So take care and be on your guard against all greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And Jesus told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, for this night your soul is required of you. And the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? Jesus concludes 
coming out of the parable, saying, So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now, um, if you are a teacher or a preacher or a public speaker, you have probably experienced what Jesus is experiencing in this passage. That is, unexpected, irrelevant questions or comments. You know, it's never happened to me on a Sunday morning as I'm preaching, but without fail, it happens when I'm leading a class, especially when I'm leading a class where dialogue is encouraged. Inevitably, someone will either ask a question or make a comment that has absolutely nothing to do with the focus at hand. Now, we find here that as Jesus hands out nuggets of divine wisdom in the form of life lessons, an unnamed man interrupts Jesus, and he has a request. His request is that the Lord will help him to settle a family dispute. Now, in the passage, we see the word that the man uses, the word teacher. In all reality, in the original language, uh, he used a word that referred to who and what Jesus was, at least in the general human uh, perspective, Uh, he used the word rabbi. And rabbis were often consulted, as pastors are today, for help in settling relational disputes. Now, in this case, the dispute revolved around the family inheritance. It it seems that uh, this man's brother had possession of the inheritance and, for whatever reason, was refusing to give him his portion. Now, the language leads me to believe that uh, the offending brother was on the scene. And also that the violated brother was looking at Jesus and seeing him as one who had the authority and the wisdom to make right what he believed had gone wrong. And with all that in mind, Jesus' response is very interesting to me. Jesus responds to his request. I can see him, the man making that, you know, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. And I can see Jesus' head just pop over and say, man, who made me to be a judge or an arbitrator over you? You know, at first glance, it seems like maybe Jesus is being a little bit rude to the man. But I guarantee you he wasn't. Instead, he was being forceful. And he was drawing a line in the sand that said to the offended brother and to all the other people who were standing around, he was saying to them, do you recognize me as having authority over this matter? Uh, Do you recognize me as having authority over you? Am I your rabbi, your spiritual authority? And will you hear what I have to say and take it as truth that you must follow? Those were the unwritten and unspoken meanings, I think, that transpired in all of that. You know, it happens more than we think. People in distress will go to another person whom they see as an authority, and they go to them looking for a judgment or for some counsel on some matter. But then, when the counsel isn't to their liking, they usually will take back that authority that they had given away, and they'll go looking for someone else to provide the answer that they were looking for all along. 
And such is the case with the rich young ruler who approached Jesus uh, on the matter of uh, obtaining eternal life. Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 22. I invite you to take a look at that later on. But not waiting for a response to the question Jesus has just asked, he takes the opportunity to give another life lesson And this life lesson is on the issue of greed and or covetousness. Now the lesson that Jesus gives here in a nutshell is this. He says one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And then after offering that to flesh out that lesson, Jesus offers a parable of a man who actually believed that life um, was all about the abundance of possessions and also how that wrong worldview ultimately led to his eternal destruction. As we come to verses 16 through 20, we find the parable. And I just want to remind you that a parable is a made-up story made up to communicate spiritual truth. But even though it's a made-up story, it nonetheless is always, the parables were always grounded in real-life issues, which were easy for people to identify with. And so Jesus uses this mechanism of parable to flesh out the statement that he just made about one's life not consisting in the abundance of his possession. Now, to talk about the parable itself. We find Jesus advancing his teaching against all types of greed by introducing a character that is the definition of greed, and he simply identifies the man as a rich man. Now, I want to begin uh, looking at this parable with this fact. I want you to, to understand that the problem with the man in the parable was not that he was rich. That wasn't the problem. Despite what we see and hear from those who promote wealth redistribution, it is not immoral to be rich. In fact, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, we find God admonishing the Israelites saying, you shall remember the Lord your God. Notice why? For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. God is the one who gives people the power to become wealthy. And over the millennia, we can see God empowering many people to be very wealthy. For example, let's just go back to the Old Testament. Remember the the man named Job? Job was excessively wealthy. And then during a test, uh, he lost everything. And after passing the test, we find that not only did he get that original wealth back, but it was actually doubled in size. Job was a very wealthy man. Abraham was a wealthy man. Uh, Abraham's son Isaac was a wealthy man. Uh, Isaac's son Jacob was a wealthy man. Another fella uh, that we find in the book of Ruth, whose name is Boaz, He was a very wealthy man. And then we come to King Solomon, who was perhaps the most wealthy man who has ever lived on the face of the earth. Now those are some old examples. Let's come into the modern day context 
Does God still give people the power to get wealth, especially those who follow him? He surely does. Have you ever heard of Truett Cathy, who is the founder and owner of Chick-fil-A? He's very wealthy. And have you heard of Sam Walton? Now, he's deceased at this point, but he is the founder and originator and was the owner of Walmart. He was very wealthy. And then there's the man J.C. Penney. And I'll bet that most of you younger people just think that's the name of a department store, and it is, but it's actually the name of a man who founded that department store. And J.C. Penney was a Christian, and he was excessively wealthy. In fact, it is told of J.C. Penney that uh, he reverse tithed. That's right. He gave 90% of his income away to the work of the Lord, and he lived off of only 10%. Still, he was a wealthy man. And then there's David Green, who is the CEO and owner of Hobby Lobby. Being wealthy is not sinful. Being wealthy is not immoral. And the problem with this man in the parable was not that his fields were producing an abundance of crops. That is to say that he was successful. That's not the issue that Jesus is driving at. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission. On Mission.